You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what is up, Internet? This is Alex. And this is Frank. And this is Mark. And we are filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Clickety-clack. It's always a long, long reach. Mark? Who's Mark? We got a guest. Mm. We have an in-studio guest, an actual person here physically with us. Thanks. Do you normally do calls? It's a mix. Yeah, the last... So you're telling me I drove two hours when I could have done this on the phone? No, because you got to enjoy a drink with us. I could have bought this at my local Kroger or wherever you get this. No. They have to pay the call in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Plus, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway. This is strong. Mark. You're in commuter distance. Have you tried it yet? I said, were you supposed to wait? Yeah. Oh, crap. (laughs) This is my uh, second podcast I've ever done, so hold my hand, dude. (laughs) (laughs) What you guys don't know is I'm actually holding his hand right now. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, what is your full name and who the hell are you? Uh, Mark Christopher Eshelman. Uh. Uh, Eshelman is Dutch. Um, I'm... Like Dutch Angle? I'm almost I'm almost a filmmaker, um, but I shoot all digital, so I don't know if I can say I'm a filmmaker. Um, but I guess it does it works. Uh, it's more of just like I discovered video out of necessity, <laughs> than like <laughs> I kind of just do it now. But I've never made a movie. Kind of, like a series of you've made a series of moving moving images put together back to back. To create I don't know. I have this weird complex of, of overhyping myself or like thinking people thinking that I think I think I'm something else. Yeah. So like whatever <laughs> some I never I never want to say I'm a filmmaker. It's a, here's what I think though. of a film. Here's how I define a filmmaker, and I'm pretty pretty broad with it. Anyone who touches a camera and makes anything that's shown to people. Got it. Ah. Well, then I'm a filmmaker so. from Columbus, Ohio. Originally from just north of Cincinnati, actually, in Franklin, Ohio. Yeah, I know. And I moved up to Columbus in 2010. So that's kind of what I consider myself is Columbus-based. Why, why Columbus? Were you like, I'm going to the heart of the state, the capital? I don't the... know, man. I So I guess we could tell the story of, of – we could start there. I graduated from a film college, which I don't want to promote too much because I didn't have a great time there. Sure. Um, <laughs> unfortunately for them, but – I was working on video kind of with bands because I started off playing in a band. And I just met all these people at shows and and started, you know, trying to do videos for other bands. And one of the bands were from Lebanon, Ohio, which actually is where Alex lives now. Uh Don't tell them. You don't want people to know you live in a city? (laughs) What's your address, Alex? (laughs) Yeah, you want my social, too? All I know about your house is that the driveway is so steep. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I have to put on, like, ice climbing shoes to get up it. (laughs) Anyway, so this band, like, they're trying to, like, you know, make it big, and they're, like, stretching their feelers out, and they end up finding this T-shirt company in Columbus called Make Believe Monsters, which actually isn't around anymore. Mm. But they, this T-shirt company was endorsing bands, and... um, putting on shows and having the bands play in exchange, like giving them t-shirts to wear and whatnot to kind of like rep the uh, brand. And so I kind of like wanted to network too. And so I'm like, okay, well introduce me to these t-shirt company. Maybe they need a video or something. Cause I'm fresh out of college trying to make it happen. And they're based out of Columbus and I'm thinking, okay, Columbus is kind of cool. I haven't gone there very often. I spilled a little bit of whatever this is on me. Your wait, uh, by the way. Yeah. For, for the listeners, we're drinking Buffalo trace, Oh, which yeah. is a, a go-to. It's a standard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so was the venue at the t-shirt company or was no, it No, no, no. They, they would like partner okay. with venues and Got it. so they put on the show for the band that I'm like kind of friends with slash working for. And so I drive up there early and I meet with them. And then the owner of the company, Dusty Kuhn, um, was like, hey, man, you should move up here. It's an epic name. Dusty Kuhn. Yeah. He, he, people call him Pine Kuhn. <laughs> That's his nickname, Pine Kuhn. <laughs> Which I think is so funny if you know him, because um, he's so reserved and like for him to have like a funny nickname is re- it's like almost cinematic in a sense. Pine Coon. <laughs> it's like oh, that's our character, Pine Coon, and like he wears you know baggy like football jerseys all the time. That's all. Awesome. Um, and so I was like, for some reason, I was like, yeah, I'll move. 
I'll move to Columbus, sure. No. I don't know what it was. No whim. I don't know if it's just like that's just what my story was or what, but I move in with him, and he lives on the southern side of Columbus, and so I considered myself, okay, a Columbus guy, you know? And then that's when I met the band that I work for now, 21 Pilots, was through that same T-shirt company. Because they were another, yeah. yeah. I've never heard of them. That's a good joke. Yeah. Hmm. The Grammy Award-winning band 21 Pilots. Ever heard of them? Who? (laughs) That's that's my existence. Nice. Is that band. Um, So... I just stayed up there, and then yeah. after I lived with Pine Coon, <laughs> Tyler from Toyo Pilots invited me to live in his house, and oh. it was on the other side of Columbus. And so that's what pretty much got me up there, and that's what can, that's why I'm considered a Columbus filmmaker because that's kind of where I made my strides was in that city. Sure, 2010. Yeah, so okay. 2011 is when I moved in with Tyler, and then so and this was before we'll call it the Big Bang, the explosion. The, yeah, I mean these, yeah. this is the. Small venues. 100 cap venues, yeah. whatever, back then. Okay. And, and that's so, kind of where we got started. Where, do, uh, where does video come into play? Video comes into play just because... Uh, like, when did that... What did you start doing with Pine Coon? Ty, were you doing 21 Pilots music videos? Were you doing tour content? It was or? all documentary type, okay. type content. So it was show up to the venue, you know, get B-roll of load-in get B-roll of people coming in and then put, adding it, uh, editing down to the music that, of the band that's playing. Nice. And so that's kind of what the first two projects I did with Make Believe Monsters. And then when Tyler invited me out to live with him, everything shifted over to doing the same thing for them. And the first project was getting footage of them playing at a venue called the Newport, which is like a you know 1700 cap room with yeah. the balcony open. Uh, right across from campus, Ohio State. So it was like a big deal, right? Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And they just kind of trusted me to, you know, they were, we're playing this big show and we covered this song by Christina Perry and we want to put those two things together. And they just like, hey, you're the only video guy we know right now. And that's <laughs> that's the whole start of it. It wasn't like I had a bomb-ass reel yeah. and like I was like the hot guy in Columbus. It was like, oh, this is the one dude we know that runs video. Because at the time, it's like nobody was doing it. Was this a paid gig or freebie? It was not. It was a freebie. It was like, you know, they. I got to eat food. We went to Cane's. There was a Cane's next to Newport, (laughs) so we went there and they bought it. I guess that's how I got paid. Nice. But, I mean, dude, I was so hungry to work back then. Eating chicken fingers. I was so so eager to – I just thought, like, you know, my band couldn't make it to a big stage like that. So the fact that I could still make it to that stage – doing what I was doing was enough for me at the time. It was just so exhilarating and that was like the first time I felt the energy of a room before kids got in there, you know, just the excitement behind this gig and it just made me fall in love with it, I guess. Wow. So you you took over all responsibilities on that shoot, right? Your one man band. Mm-hmm. Nice. I had my buddy Max come out to shoot as second camera. But other than that it's like I was doing all the editing and, and kind of the vision casting based off what the band wanted and and whatnot. So it was like my first experience, like actually directing, yeah. like one other guy. Was this a DSLR era? Yeah, you, 7D. Okay. 7D. Canon 7D. Love it. The Super 35 one. sensor, mm-hmm. or as they call Cropped. it, APS-C. Uh, cool. Um, I think whenever <laughs> – gosh, this is so embarrassing. But when we first started doing like tour documentary stuff, all I had was like a, a F4 50 millimeter. <laughs> Whoa. Shot so you everything. shot everything at like 3,200 ISO. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was terrible. It was like looking back, because it's a series called Regional at Best, and it's still on YouTube. Yeah. And the band's album that was coming out the year I started working with them was called Regional at Best, so we just called it the web series. And so I'm cruising around with the band for the first year, you know, fresh Columbus kid, um, trying to shoot everything. <laughs> like all of the talking heads so close so tight like there was no wide relief at all it was just like wow just all the way in um and then like when we were outside i would just crank the shutter speed to compensate for the exposure (laughs) because i didn't have like nd filters or anything so i just like cranked so like everything's like like if i panned everything would like go horizontal (laughs) yeah shutter speed was so fast it's like little stuff like that that like i kind of want them to take those videos down but at the same time i'm like that's that's where I came from. Sure. Let's don't cover that up. With let's don't throw dirt on where we've been. You know what I mean? It's like it's all learning. Be proud of that. It's all about learning. And some people, 
get to hide the learning, but I didn't. But I got to trade that in for an amazing experience with an amazing pan. So whatever. I'm going to take another sip of this. That's incredible. Well, I mean, when you contrast that with <sighs> where you where you are now. Ooh, I don't drink very much like this. Yeah, you got your own custom glasses. Totally. Sorry, go on with that, the question. That's, that's the Frank special right there, the FDB emblazoned, engraved tumblers. They are. Yeah. I just want to yeah. try to ex- explain experience and there's, since no, there's totally. no cameras in the room. No, I think what's cool is that you still have that stuff up there because when you look back – Looking at what we just did recently, mm-hmm. contrasting that with where you came from, I, I don't. It's something awesome about that. Yeah, no, it is. It's and like so it's many like... people are still using a similar type of camera, mm-hmm. starting out and cranking the shutter, and they can <laughs> they can learn from. Uh... Hey, if you get anything from the podcast, hey, come close. <laughs> I, I saw that from Kevin Smith. He always does yeah. that. Come close. Come lean in. Come here. Lean in. Get an ND filter. <laughs> Don't crank your shutter Vari- speed. Variable ND, yeah. Make your shutter speed double your... Wait, what is it? Make your shutter speed... Double your double frame your rate. Double your frame rate. I don't yeah, know. That's you right. shutter angle. Oh, that's true. <laughs> shutter angle. Um, so, okay, you started out doing videos for 21 Pilots before they were widely known as yep. like an international superstar band. Mm-hmm. And you've stuck with them ever since. But you've also kind of uh, veered off and, and done stuff with other artists and other group. When did it stop being just 21 Pilots and start being, okay, now I'm a filmmaker? And I don't I, know, dude. That goes back to my insecurity. Yeah. It's like I've... 21 Pilots We've already is established my baby that you blanket, are a, a filmmaker. We've already established that. They're my baby blanket. That band is my baby... I feel so comfortable with them. I feel like... Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've niched myself into the, like, part of their creative circle. And, like, I have a seat at the table, and that's where I feel the most comfortable. And so, like, you know, working for, like, a band like Floor and stuff is still really uncomfortable for me. Because I feel like there's guys in L.A. that are just grinding out music videos that are cranking them out. And then, like, I just don't – I don't know. It's it's hard to branch out to other bands whenever I've been so close to, to one because I don't know – I don't know the band as well, and so like I kind of feel like I'm missing some opportunities to to portray their brand mm. in a way that I've been trying to work around. I don't know. It's it, it's that all started in probably 2014, maybe with Beartooth. Maybe that was 13, 14. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that's before, another band before from we met. Yeah, that was yeah. before we met. Um, so I had a different DP from Cincinnati on that. Yeah. Um, so. That was like the first time that I was like, okay, well, let's try to try to apply this to a different band, and you know, produ- productions can be hard, and that was a hard production. You know, we had power issues and whatnot, which you know made me fall to my knees in depression again yeah. <laughs> from just the anxiety of of not being good enough and not having a perfect set. So that I mean that was. The first experience with a different band was was really rough. That was a hard shoot. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just like all the Twenty One Pilots stuff just seems so much more natural because it's like it's because I'm so close to it. And so I've been trying to break out of the box and you know work with like Floor and and work with other bands I love like Fields and Plains, which is from uh-huh. Columbus, which we're going to shoot on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's a tough process. Maybe you should just. Uh... Like every new band you work with, like move in with them. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> for a couple exactly. years and get to know. See, I had that that you the ease of that and buffer. Like the, yeah. yeah, and it's just I don't know. I feel like every quote unquote filmmaker has a different backstory, and mine just caused me to just have this lane that I just have to be comfortable with leaving. Totally. It's just a growing thing. But uh, I, I wouldn't even say leaving. It's always there. Mm. It could you know? be your strong suit, too. Like, like you, you know, you're one of these filmmakers, and I am going to use filmmaker, filmmakers who really gets to know, you know, a band's <clears throat> essence and brand instead of just someone who comes on like, okay, yeah, I'm doing this project, and two days later I'm going to be working with some other totally. band. And, like, there's just a different um, depth you can reach with them. And that can come out in the videos and stuff. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're part of it. 
you've been there for a long time. You know them inside and out. You do all these, all the tour content, by the way, that anybody like sees on YouTube, 21 Pilots going to Japan or any of these places, Mark does it. Yeah. You're there. You're in the moment. They're comfortable with you. You're comfortable with them. You have all access. It's got to feel cool. It's got to so be fun. fun too. Yeah. You see, <laughs> what's funny is I, I texted Mark one time. I was like, hey, dude, um, let's meet up or something. He's like, ah, I got to leave for Tokyo or something on <laughs> Saturday. He's like, again, dot, dot, dot. Again. again dot, I want to go dot. to Tokyo. That sounds amazing. I mean, if I could like. Yeah. I wouldn't have put the dot, dot, dot there if it wasn't for that flight. That's the only thing that sucks is being on an airplane. A lot of travel. But, I mean, it's worth it. I mean, the more footage I get on a trip, the more rewarding it is afterwards. So, like, I try to remember. That's, like, my biggest thing is just remembering to pace myself and get as much footage as possible instead of getting burned out. Sure. And, like, you know, just try to stay focused. Is that, leaving is that those daunting, though, coming back when you're like, I got so much freaking footage? Well, on. I've kind of learned this trick where on my notepad on my phone, I'll put clip numbers underneath a day and be like okay josh talked about jet lag in this clip wow and so i kind of like um log as i'm capturing you are your own script supervisor yeah which you have to be you can't hire a group of five people to fly to japan without losing a bunch of money sure so you're uh one man banding yeah this exactly so just a really small package you're traveling with them too yeah so ooh, that's a good transition great package yeah going um, from the dslr world to yeah so I ended up going with the C300 Mark II. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whoever told you to buy that's a goddamn genius. Yeah. So Alex here, <laughs> I told him, like, because I'm not a technical guy at all. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know my my F-stops from my Kino flows, okay? So <laughs> I I was like, hey, man, here, give me three price points, three packages. One of them was like a red package. One uh-huh. was a different red package. Sure. I think so. Yeah, and then the other one was the Canon C300. Yep. Mark II. And I was like, i coming from a Canon world. So I went 7D, I went 5D, I talked you out of red. I went to C100. Yep. And then he's like, well, if you're like, you know, dock, external audio, et cetera, et cetera, C300 is the way to go. So I threw that in my package, a bunch of Sigma lenses because I love their art lenses. I think they look really good. Nice. And then also recently added is a GoPro. So... Going back to pacing myself, going back to making sure I get as much poss- possible footage, in the past, I found myself, literally, they start a song, let's call it like Heathens, they're starting to play Heathens Live, we're in Tokyo or whatever, and I'm literally standing in the same spot of the stage that I did when they played Heathens in St. Louis <laughs> six weeks ago. So you, like, whenever you work with a band that's playing the same set every night, you accidentally kind of find yourselves in the same spots. Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, oh, Oh, you're Josh, saying not intentionally. Not intentionally. Oh. So I'm just saying, like, in the back of my head, like, I have to stop and think, like, wait a second. I'm over here because I know Josh has a cool drum fill that I always want to get. I got to, like, be in a different spot. And so to help with that is having more footage for the edit that happens off the stage. And so you don't, you don't like the viewer doesn't catch on like that song shot from the same angle. Yeah. Um, Cause I think people want to see them off stage even more because they can go to the show. Sure. So to help me remember to catch all that footage with, with having this big camera package, I decided to add a GoPro with an external phantom powered mic that I can just hold with one hand and roll my suitcase with the other. And um, genius. Yeah. We talked about using like the, um, what's that DSLR? The Osmo? No, no, no. Oh, no, the, the A7S? A7S. Yeah. Thought um, about using that. It's too big. Yeah. Still, I still have to pull focus. I still have to have both hands on it. So I wanted something that I could just literally hold that has great audio, because that's what you want really first in a documentary type setting is you want great audio. So I can just hold it and hold it up to the guys, take, you know, take that fisheye bullcrap off. Sure. So it's like, You're on a like little the bit me- more cinematic. medium yeah, yeah. lens. Yeah. And then that like makes me want to shoot more because it makes it so easy. Yeah. So I think if anyone's touring, it's like, how easy can you make it to get footage? Because I think about any kind of behind-the-scenes music, VH1 thing you've seen on the biggest bands, or like even documentaries that that have archived footage, that footage never looks like fantastic. Yeah. They shoot all that, inter- they make the interviews look fantastic, They all that stuff they can reshoot. But like all that studio, f- like, uh, I'm sorry, archive footage, 
can just look like however. And so I was like, yeah, if it's GoPro footage, yeah. it's just as long as I'm catching it. But nowadays, you know? they're like 4K, right? Yeah, but they still look like a, look like a GoPro. Meh. 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 Good enough. Well, as soon as they add like a depth of field type of thing, we'll be fine. It's going to be like the Lytro. Have you heard of Lytro? No. The can- oh, so capture of you? I got a, my buddy Alex mm-hmm. knows a lot about <laughs> about gear. <laughs> yeah. You? Me? Oh, so, I'm Alex. You have to tell me about it I or else I'll never know what it is. Got it. Well, it's a camera that captures light fields instead of the other thing. I don't know. Anyway, captures light fields and you can change focus in post. Oh, wow. That's cheating. Yeah. You can also, <laughs> yeah, it's cheating. Uh, there's also, so they they did a still camera version of that where you snap a still and you change oh, the photo in rack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they have a, a cinema version, Lytro Cinema. To where not only can you change the uh, depth or focus and the depth of field, but you can shift it left, right, up, down, and it, it changes perspective in coordination with how you shift the camera. It's black magic. It's witchcraft. Wizardry shouldn't exist. I don't get it. Black magic makes it. No, <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. it's black magic. It is dark arts. Dark arts. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like that's the next thing. If you incorporate that kind of a technology into a GoPro when you're touring, and you you're like, oh, I want a shallow depth of field, but I don't want to have the uh, to pull the focus. have to pull focus or whatever. Yeah. Capture everything, all the different layers and fields and whatever, and then just do it later. That's going to be the thing. Wow. Yeah. It's going to happen. What a, what a world we live in. What a world. What a world. Okay, so you're doing touring. You put yep. together this new package. We, we, we were saying something about, okay, the, yeah, the edit and all the footage you get. When you get yeah, yeah. home. It is a I want to step back yeah. for a second. Uh, real quick, audio, you said you had a phantom-powered mic. What are you using? Just like a Rode something. It's got a big old, like, dead cat on it. The battery? Which is, I don't like know. a shotgun style? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I did have the... Um, Frank's like putting together his own package in his mind. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Sennheiser. has like the two... Looks like it's their pants. Yeah, the, like a stereo. Yeah, I did write that on there, which sounds really cool. Because you get that stereo like surround sound feel. I think Adam would know the most about that out of all of us. He's he's the audio guy. He we had him on the show. The guy right there, that genius, that mastermind in the booth behind the glass. Him on the, that's leaning back in yeah. his chair and while we record yeah, this. Don't don't feed the don't feed the atom. I think it's yeah. There's a sign on the door. Uh, he brought in this cool uh, binaural uh-huh. microphone, and you run it through a program, and it's got it looks like a set of ears, mm. and so as you you can like pan or like walk around the set of ears, and as you listen to it, you can hear it. The sound going around your head. Wow. It's fascinating. I feel like that would be something. That cool. would be great too. Yeah. But here's the thing. Stressed out music video, over a billion views, 80% are on an iPhone. And we're sitting here talking about these left, right channel stereo mics and uh-huh. 4K depth of field stuff. But yeah. the way that people are soaking up this stuff, I think we're, it's a little overkill. <laughs> like, sure. Sure. We're like, still shooting. We don't. Yeah. Me and Alex never output to 4K. No. We always output 1080. to 1080, baby. Yeah. But that gives you... F- okay. That brings up... You're opening up a whole can of worms. I know. Isn't this a filmmaker's podcast? Can we talk about filmmaking? No, I'm even saying like with with you and me, relationship. Okay. That's a good point. We've gotten the tour thing. You're, okay. You do a lot of tour stuff. You started cool. go, getting into music videos. With other bands, with Toronto yeah. Pilots. Um with Blurry Face, that album cycle, that's, the album came out in like 2015. Yeah. Um, there was a few music, like I did the opening video that kind of like was the hand-holding of the fans leading into this new era, was fairly local. Yep. Did that awesome. before I met you. Yeah. And we, Shot that in LA. Yeah, and that was a, a big deal. Yeah. Right? You had was a lot like of money. First, set, yep. first time using, I think it was like 30 grand, I think. Which is amazing for a music nice video yeah. these days. Um, that came out brilliant. It was like that was my treatment too. Like the band was so busy with the record wow. that they kind of just approved it instead of like because usually Tyler's really good about like you know translating the lyrics into visual because he's such like yeah a, a mastermind in that it's his sense. baby yeah. yeah yeah so that was like the first time I did that and then so a couple other videos came out from other directors uh, you know tear my heart and. Uh, the other ones, <laughs> and then, um, 
Well, that was... <laughs> and then we came up on Stressed Out. Really? Yeah. The other ones were after. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, whatever. Sure, but sure, sure. Then we came across this song, Stressed Out, which ended up getting legs, as we call it. Sure. Did um, they know, did anybody know how big that would be? You can't. No. You can't I don't think know. you can. I'm just saying there was no inkling, like... You can know if you have 16 writers on a pop star song. Sure. But... This is two guys cranking out music that they're writing themselves, demoing in a bus or writing in their home studios. So you can't know yeah. if it's going to be a hit. It's just like, does this feel like 21 Pilots? And it always does. And then it goes out there and then it just like, so it gets legs and we're like, okay, like we need to make a video for this. And so we were sitting at the band's manager's house in LA. No, no, he's in uh, south of LA. Okay. One of those southern Southern Cal pretty cities yeah. by the beach, Santa Monica, maybe. No, that's that's it's even that's further west. south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're sitting around this campfire, and Tyler's like, "Okay, I think I got stressed out." And so he's like, "Okay, I imagine us like me and Josh are actually kids, but it's not like we're not played by kids. Like we don't want to rip off like Spike Jones or whatever." Sure. So we're kids and like acting like kids. We got the big wheels, like the adult size big wheels, and like he goes through everything, and so I'm sitting there on my phone. Like, just writing everything down because one of my relationships with him is translating his thoughts to video. So I'm just, like, trying to crank it out and whatnot. And we get some money behind it. I forget how much. Um, I We didn't – on the production side, we didn't have a ton. We didn't have a ton. And it was two full days. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was the studio day, which was the bridge, you know, the parents and the yep. sisters and the brothers. And then, um, and then it was all the exterior and performance sure. shots of the houses. Yeah. So – I was like, I can't shoot this by myself. I'm coming off fairly local. I realized how good it is to have a DP. Yeah. Which was a big stepping stone for me because I've been doing this touring stuff and I've been shooting it all myself. And it's like, it's my baby. I pick the angles. I'm the genius. You know, I get a little big headed when these videos come out. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the guy cranking this out. And then I had the fairly local experience, which was, I mean, God bless that crew because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> well, you guys crushed it. So, I, I love that video. Um, yeah. So I, I'm i like, okay, we need to do that again. We need to replicate this, but we want to shoot it in Columbus. And yeah. like, you don't know I don't know anybody. And so I'm calling everyone. I'm calling like buddies of mine that like kind of went to film school that may be still in Ohio. And, just, and then we ended up a buddy of mine. How was it? He knew someone that knew you. Alex. Me? Mm-hmm. It was a buddy of mine that knew somebody that knew you. Yeah. As a filmmaker. And so we get connected. Yeah, it was like a blind blind date, basically. I got Were an email. Were people passing up on the project or what? I was, you just I was eliminating people. Yeah. Okay. Based off how they, uh, their, their reels and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. like being a little picky. Um, and I didn't have a ton at that point. I had a couple of shorts and... Couple other, like, and most small... of them wanted way too much money because the band was starting to get legs. Okay, so I was still trying to find somebody to work within our budget. Yeah, um, and so I found Alex, and this was what? How many weeks? Maybe days before the shoot? It, it was close. It was like five five days, maybe five yeah. or six days before the shoot. And I was, like, and I was worried. I was like, "What? Do you want to do this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to come do this with me?" I was like. That sounds fun. Sounds like it could be cool. Yeah. And then I think I've heard of the band before. Yeah, and so I yeah, you know, tossed them a treatment and it sounded great. And dude, there's just something about like you got to have a good relationship on set. Like Totally. You got to you got to be surrounded by people that you, you feel like you can be open and honest with or else you'll turn into someone you're not and create a piece that's not your piece. Well, it's not so, authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing in, like, studio. Like, what I've seen, when the band works with, like, they'll only work with the producer that they, they feel like they like and, like, can be creative with. And it's the same thing with everything. It's, like, when you're in a work environment, say you work at Sears and you have, like, yeah. a manager you like, you're going to have a better day than when you work with the shitty manager. So, But even more so in an artistic field, there, if there's something really, like, intimate and revealing. And I think that's why a lot of people get nervous is you're putting so much, even you, like, as a director – you're putting so much of yourself out there and into the project. It's scary, I'm sure. Like, I know with me as a DP, I'm like, whoa, okay, if I, this is how I think it should look and how I think it should be shot. And it's like, well, that's part of me. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like it or if you don't agree with it, like, ooh, ah, you know, it kind of stings. But what, <clears throat> not to pat, you, pat yourself on the back, 
back too much, excuse me, um, you made me so comfortable whenever, I don't know if I ever told you this. I don't know. But you made <laughs> they were getting, me so comfortable <laughs> on set. <laughs> Can we get some towels in um, here? It's flooding. So, <clears throat> anyway. So, but we, I mean, we never like, met. It was, it was really cool to, you'd be like, oh yeah, I got this. Like, what sure. do you want to look like? And you were able to take my reference photos, like small ones and set photos. And I think I took a photo instead of storyboard. No, I storyboarded it. But I also took photos of every single scene with uh, two guys, two friends of mine yeah. as stand-ins. Absolutely. Because, you know, we had access to the houses because obviously their yeah. parents live there. Um, Which is something that I appreciate just uh, as a DP. And, and I think a lot of DPs do appreciate that from directors that do storyboard. And they, they were shot listed at least very detailed shot list and be like medium shot, two shot, mm-hmm. off angle or low angle. But, you know. Well, I think the more that I can do. Yeah. Better streamlines the whole process. I feel like, especially on smaller budgets, some some of that stuff, yeah, some of that stuff gets uh forgotten, yeah, and they just write the treatment and then they you know try to show up, yeah. But anyway, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do that, you did it right. We showed up, I got there, and that was the first time we met in person, was on set, yeah. We did phone calls ahead of then, and then we just opened up the camera, we'll use a dragon. Yeah, we used the red dragon, but it eventually got this like uh, vintage. Which I have tre- to apologize treatment. about that vintage treatment. Yeah. So in my infancy as a director, yeah. I went and got this thing colored without Alex, <laughs> which is terrible to admit. Yeah, and that's such an amateur move. I didn't know either. I w- I was just like, yeah, I have this person that did fairly local. I'm just going to send them the file. And we're going to get I was this like, thing oh, done. Awesome. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's a process where we sit together with the colorist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it turned out good. They used a real uh, film grain, which I know you still don't like. Yeah. But But, I've I've come around. It's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway. I kind of did my thing without you. (laughs) Um, Um, So, yeah, we get on set. We crack open the camera. It's a red dragon shooting 5K. For something that's eventually, unbeknownst to me, going to get like a. Why did you choose that camera? La- uh, flexibility, latitude. He has room to reframe. Uh, high resolution, they can do whatever they want with it. Yeah, it's like the the. Just the I perf- didn't reframe a single shot. <laughs> perfect <laughs> negative, basically. You know. Okay. High resolution, hey, high quality. Yeah. I'm sorry again about the color grading. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Must have been weird though, terrifying, right? You're like you—you you have no idea who I am. You but again, no I had my baby blanket. Yeah, you I had, had 21 pilots. You had the dudes. I knew that if it was like a random band and a random DP, I would have thought it would have fell apart. But there's just something about having that base layer of trust. Yeah, that made it work. Sure. And then you coming in and be able to mold to that made me realize that you were my guy. And I had so my now. baby blanket, which was my crew. Like I brought in. Mm-hmm. All my guys. Whitey gaffed it. You know, my buddy Lynn from Columbus who was my AC who I'd worked I love, with before. I love him. Funny dude. He's great. So funny. By the way, he's in, uh, where is he? Some, uh, the Philippines maybe? Either he's in some like Southeast Asian country where, M- Myanmar? I don't know. But where his family's originally from, he's killing it. Like as a, as a as, oh he's out there working as a DP he's living wow. working as a DP out in Southeast Asia just so, crushing it yeah he was great yeah he made it more comfortable I think there was having a lot of people there on set made it feel more legit yeah. so I had to yeah. like turn into this role of like I know what I'm doing sure. and so we cranked it out yeah you had your baby blanket I had mine we executed on your treatment your and Tyler's treatment and now it's got 1.2 billion views yeah yeah I'm still waiting on that plaque. <laughs> You know, here's the funny thing. People you, come up to me and like, oh, one billion, what's that like? I'm like, dude, mm. it's the song. <laughs> it's just, it's the popularity of the band. It's just the, the genius songwriting. We just we just yeah. translated it to YouTube. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and then. Funny. But then past that, it's like, okay, that was the first one. Relationship went well on set. It's like, yeah, let's do it again. I mean, I didn't have anybody else, so I might as well. Yeah, might as well <laughs> stick with that bum. Um, and then from there, it was, what, we had 
Lane Boy. Lane Boy. Which I, I do want to ask a question on the the stressed out video. Sure. When they're riding on the big wheels, are you just Alex? Are you hanging out the back of it like a minivan or? He was working like... his abs. <laughs> it was okay. Funny thing about that. Uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong on that video. They didn't really seem like you know thinking back. Oh, it's that bad. So we're using a stabilizer. It was like a Movi, but the camera package was way too heavy for that. And so it didn't like perfectly stabilize it, but it seemed, it was like appropriate in a weird way that it wasn't perfectly smooth. The happy accident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've always added the handheld element. Like if you watch the car radio music video, there's not a single tripod. Well, thinking about in the performance, was there one? There might have been one like downstage right, or yeah. house left area. So, but I mean, it was meant to be like I. We went into that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." Movi M10, Red Dragon standard speed package, whatever. Hang out the back of a van, super smooth tracking shot. But like the road was complete shit, and like the camera package was way too heavy for the stabilizer, and so you had this like weird bobble to it. But it worked. So, what to answer your question? It was a Movi M10 like ratchet or bungee to the top initially, but then we took it off and I just handheld it out the back of this van. Yeah. I think that was just your safety. Yeah. I did, I was just strapped in so yeah, I didn't yeah. fall out, yeah. but I was just holding a movie out the back of the van. And with that, do. you said you had a kind of a, a lower budget for that video. Did you guys close down the roads for that or just, no, it was in the neighborhood. It yeah. was in a neighborhood. So I think there was one time where we were like, car. Yeah. It was like <laughs> maybe kids once. playing ball in the street. <laughs> car. All right. Everybody part. All oh, right. Come back. Yeah. I remember moving everyone's cars. Yeah. In the background stuff. Um, so, yeah. Know, it was literally just like ask for forgiveness, not permission. Nice. Yeah. At that point. But Which, it worked. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. They didn't have a Grammy yet, so we weren't shutting down roads. <laughs> <laughs> now they do. Now we can shut down any road. Yeah. No. 75? <laughs> Done. Done. Closed from Cincinnati to Dayton. <laughs> We're shooting <laughs> stressed out point two. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so we started our relationship, and, yeah. gosh, I can't thank you enough for letting me find you because then we moved in and did moved on and did Lane Boy, and then yeah. uh, the Heathen, or the Heathens, Heathens was the first track, but the Nashville covers with Mute Math. Yeah. The Toyota Pilot, T-O-P-X-M-M, if you search YouTube for it. Yeah, so we did all that. Yeah. And then... then we, But there are other bands. We did Vespertine video and the latest one, Floor, which everyone... Let's talk about Floor. ...by this point has seen. Yeah. Frank, you, you're the objective party. You're, you're the third party. Okay. You take this over. Floor. Um, I enjoy the video. It's called Rely. Yeah, Floor Rely. Yep. Um, it it was just a very, like it, I don't even mean this negative, it was just a very simple video. Like, it, like You there was son nothing, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like there was nothing like, um, it wasn't overstated. But polished. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's butts were polished. Are you saying butt polished. you hated it, Frank? What no. Are you saying? I, I quite liked it. Okay. Like it, it, it was like, it was one of those like sweet and simple yeah. things, even though like I could tell like from a filmmaking thing, like it was not, like it wasn't just you, you picked up a camera no. and shot it. It was a very complicated video. Um, yeah. But like it didn't, like you see this, you, so many, you see so many music videos that like just like try to be so flashy and, and yeah. And Poppy and like this one was just like a nice steady pace. But that all stemmed yeah. from the treatment. It all stemmed from Mark's creative. That v- treatment actually was for a different band. And yeah. repurposed. And it repurposed because the band went with like a different director or whatever. Mm. I mean, obviously it shifted a bunch. Like the original treatment took place in a city that was like like desolate and like, you know, like kind of like straight off the streets of Hey Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like big city buildings, but no one's around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then it turned into like Newark, Ohio. <laughs> well, yeah, why yeah. was that? Just, I I know why, but for the for the listeners, so it started with this certain idea, this very gigantic, yeah, awesome idea. What happened that stripped it back to a farmhouse in Newark? I think just like realization. I think every idea I start with is a four day shoot. Yeah, and then you just strip it back from there. 
Yeah, four day, like, $150,000. Yep, yeah. yep. And then you realize like, okay, what's financially possible? What do we want to do that we haven't done? And so it's like rethinking the treatment in a way that like is satisfying for us as the production team. Um, and then also like what's convenient for the band? The band was playing their last show of that tour that they were on in Columbus. It's like, wow. okay, well, let's do it in Columbus. Let's figure out a way to do it there. We can't really shut down a suburb. We can, let's find like, let's go a little bit east to a city called Newark. Yeah. And let's see, you know, the production company that we worked with, Elevate, knew some guys in or were some had some people in Newark yeah. that were able to track stuff down and just made it work from there. So it wasn't necessarily because we couldn't do what we wanted. We just you just have to be practical. Practical with what you have access to. And sure. And we had access to this house and we had access to this really sweet car that we came across and um, you know, everyone says the most simple um, advice you can give to a writer is write what you know. It's like write about what you know yeah. and be true to yourself as an artist. And so and you same know thing. about alien light beings. <laughs> oh no, I mean that is just like <laughs> write to, or shoot with around what you have and yeah. shoot yeah, totally. shoot what you can have access to and not and be able to bend a little bit here and there to make it work. Yeah, it did get like a, a Jurassic Park X Files type of vibe from it. Yeah, Especially I was definitely like binging half. Stranger Things at the time. Yeah, <laughs> so that kind of had a little bit of a nod there, a few nods there. But I mean, the band was so cool. I met with them when they played that show the night before in Columbus. Yeah, and yeah. we I took them out to dinner, and there was another aspect of it, it was just getting along with the band that helped. Yeah. With with that shoot and had made it more comfortable, more fun and whatnot. And are we saying that we decided to go handheld the whole time? No, 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 no. <laughs> Do we want to share that story? Yeah, you can, yeah, you feel free. I don't want to say the kid's poor name because I feel bad for what happened. Yeah, but you can but say stylistically we yeah. we wanted to do steady cam whole thing, the entire thing, except for like the lock a few locked off shots. And so we set up the band. Sun's going down. We're doing our lock off wide. We're doing the hardest thing first, hardest which is the, first, the which end is... of the video. Big flashing lights, the entire house lit up with color. DMX program, chase sequence, all that. Yep. And, and you know, huge playback, loud, hardest uh-huh. thing, locked off. And we're like, we're nailing it. You know, we're, me and Alex are dancing along with the music or whatever. And it's awesome. Getting yeah. into it. The band's like, the band's young, but they like, they know what they're doing, which is really cool. Yeah. So they're just like, you know, we're, we're doing different takes and different whatnot. And then we take the rig off the, the sticks and we put it on the steady cam and we start rolling the scene where they walk out of the front door into the set uh, for that last course. Yeah. And we just see on the monitor this little blip, blip. Like, how do you explain that? It's I would just, say it's like a vibration. Like, yeah. okay, so the, the big giveaway was the house had the siding on it. So perfectly straight lines. And as the steady cam's going by, tracking with the lead singer, you just see the lines vibrate. Hmm. You know, it, was, there's, there's it almost buzz. looked digital. Yeah. And we, we were, were like, wondering, we're like, is that on the monitor? Is that... So we watched it in camera. We're like, okay, it's that. So we, you know, uh, put the steady cam up. With the playback. Yeah. He's twisting stuff. It might be a loose plate here. Loose plate there. Yeah. Might be the path. And so we moved him up on the sidewalk and tried again. Yeah. It's still flickering. Other parties are like, well, is he not... You know, bending his knees enough. Maybe there's he, we're feeling the steps because of the technique, and we're like, no, that's not it. Like he's so we spent an hour bending his knee. Yeah, he's trying he's, to get the steady cam up, and eventually I'm just like, all right, dude, you can uh, stick around and get paid, or go home for half pay. <laughs> like we were like, we're gonna do an handheld. Yeah, and so it went back executive to executive decision. We yeah. went back to that you know stressed out thing where it's like it's not perfectly smooth and no, and and I'm in like freaking. You know, waterproof snow boots because it's just muddy and nasty and it had rained the entire week before. So, no, it's not going to be perfect. But, you know, you would, we went full in on the style. It's like, all right, well, this is it now. We've changed. That never was. Like, it never was going to be steady again. And in that sense, we had our baby blankets in each other. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> totally. Let's just do it, man. Like there was no stress. There's no no one was throwing chairs. Like we were not stressed out. I think my meter's up. I guess. 
I gotta get out of here. I gotta make a two hour drive back home. Uh, um, but don't. No, it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, that's. If you have a crew that works well together, they're gonna adapt. And all your guys adapted. Yep. I mean, we even we even got the freaking lift stuck for another hour. Yeah, yeah. We had a condor, uh, a man lift cherry picker, with our moonlight on it. Again, it rained the entire week before, stuck in the mud. It's like, shit, are we even going to be able to get it down to the street for the final shot to have moonlight? Like, what's going on? I guess what it all boils down to is ever since I started doing video, there's been little things that made me want to just quit. Yeah. And one of the first ones I remember was A Plea for Purging, which was a metal band from Nashville, was playing at the basement in Columbus, Ohio. And I kind of knew the drummer a little bit. I worked with him before. And this is all going to make sense, I promise. And I show up to the venue, and I'm not on the guest list. So like, I'm just going to go home. And then I call him. He goes, oh, dude, sorry. I'll get out there as soon as I can. You know, wait a little bit. He comes out there walks me in. Yeah. And then I get inside the basement. I'm like, okay, how do I get backstage? <laughs> and, like, because if you are familiar with the basement, it was packed. And it, there's no way to get backstage unless you're there before doors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> and then, like, I eventually, like, take my backpack and, like, hold it above my head and, like, surf through, climb on stage and get back there. And then I realized that I, like, forgot one of my lenses in my package. And I was like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> and, then, and then I build the package. I'm like, yeah, I got to do it. You know what? And I shoot the video. And, like, they ended up playing it, like, on TV or something for, like, some MTV TV wow. or something. I forget. But... And then, like, I look back, I'm like, yeah, that was, like, a 70 shoot or whatever, and I could have went home, but, like, I didn't go home. Yeah. And I didn't make it happen. And then, like, the condor gets stuck into the, you know, to, fast forward to 2017. And you're and thinking, I'm going to go home. Like, I go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then the steady cam's not working. I'm like, I want to go home. <laughs> yep. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, it's always going to suck. And it's always, always going to suck yeah. to have a red-eye flight to a venue. It's always going to suck to fly over to Tokyo. But it, you never, when you look back on those trips, you never look back on the sucky parts as much as you look back on, like, what you created in the moment. And I guess people that are grinding, that are listening to this, that are, like, going to local venues and, and they want to be a photographer, so they shoot all the local bands and like they might not have a pit so they don't feel like they're getting the proper photos they can get and stuff like that. You're not going to remember any of that stuff. Like you're going to look back and laugh at a few things that stand out a little bit but for the most part it's like just grind it out. You're looking at the work, the final product. Yeah. You're like look at this dope shot I got of that artist on stage. Yeah and look how look how I beat beat myself down internally and stayed even though I wanted to go home. <laughs> so and those, don't go home. those moments definitely do define a filmmaker. There was a there's a um, an organization I used to work with in, in Dayton, and they they had a for one of their was um, it Lowe's? It was not. <laughs> um, and they oh, had Home Depot they, exactly. Yeah, and uh, they had this uh, fundraiser they were doing, and they had like their tagline for the fundraiser was "From Adversity to Opportunity." And that mm. kind of just reminded me. Yeah. But there's yeah, lots if, of adversity in filmmaking. And I feel like some people just think it's like the band you're working for. Like I get a lot of requests for people that want to shoot video with me on tour. Yeah. Because of the TOP stuff? Yeah, just because it's yeah. 21 Pilots. And I feel like they get pretty bummed whenever they're not able to. And it's not me just saying no because I'm being a dick. It's just like. We can't bring, you know, we don't open up a bus seat or a bus bunk, or yeah. whatever like that. So we can't, we just can't, and um, and I feel like that bunts people out, and they are mad about these opportunities that they're they think they're missing out on. But it's just like there's plenty of other opportunities to grind your stuff, and then like yeah. a bigger band will come around. Like there is a band in Toledo that is just played last night. For 50 people, that's going to win a Grammy in three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Sure. 
I mean, I don't think that that's very specific, <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at, too. I, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm just saying. Live in a van down by the river. Uh, no, there are there's, li- there's lots of opportunity. you want to go home. Yeah. Don't go home. But there's lots of opportunity. And like we've learned from pretty much every guest that comes on this podcast is that everyone has their own unique path. Like there's no one size fits all glove that's like, oh, put this on and you're going to be a huge hit. You kind of got to figure it out yourself. There's you can, no formula. No. You can take moments and you can take parts of Mark's story and you can take people that have been on and be like, oh, well, I'm going to do exactly that and I'm going to get exactly to where he's at. But just due to like life and the way the world and the universe works, that's not going to happen. You're going to eventually find like some other off-road that was way better than if you try to mimic someone else. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. A, a band shouldn't be... Like, I guess the doorway. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be like, I need to work with that band because they're huge. It's going to make me huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, you got to make yourself huge. Sure. I guess. It all stems from not going home. Hey, lean into the, lean into your car speaker right now. Throw it in park and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Stay. Don't go home. Don't go home. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that also sounds kind of like a Crystalia bit too. <laughs> Don't uh, go home. Don't do it. So you do. We do floor. We met up. It, you know everything's going right. You're what? What are you doing now? Like what? What is current Mark? What is current Mark is losing his freaking mind because he's not on tour. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from. I I, I hope. That no one's listening to this because they think I know when the band's coming back. Because I don't. Right now, for those of you who don't know, Twenty One Pilots is like, it's not a hiatus. They're just on, they're between records. Yeah. They're working, doing their thing undercover, and eventually they'll come back. And eventually I'll go back to work. But for the most part, it's just kind of like, I've been trying to take it easy. Current Mark is trying to relax a little bit. But at the same time, like, just itching to get back at it. Yeah. So we have one music video in a couple of days that we're doing for Fields and Plains again. Up in yep, Columbus. Um, up in Columbus, which will be really interesting. It's a very yeah. stripped down, like yeah, but cool, cool premise and cool band, good song. Really cool band. Really cool Columbus band. Yeah. Um. So back to basics, kind of doing yeah. what we have. I, I and you know I'm talking to Vespertine again. I'm talking to, you know, a couple of different bands that are – some stuff's in the works. But yeah. uh, with other bands that I can't really mention yet because, you know. Don't. Um, but it's uh, – I've, I've had an opportunity where I get to work with bands that I want to work with and work on projects I want to. And that's because, you know, the opportunities I've been given and, and, and kind of – It's because you didn't go home. Cause I, I didn't go home. <laughs> Uh, so current Mark is chilling, playing a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so good at Fortnite. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about Fortnite? Uh, I don't think we can. With season three, we got the game. We've been playing the idea, but we can finally play the game. I'm talking like 60 frames supported on Xbox One. I'm talking <laughs> animation so crystal clear that you would think you're wearing glasses when you don't even need them. I'm talking... <laughs> Pickaxe swinging, scar holding, grenade launching, just legendary le- fun. Legendary fun. As C's puts it on Twitch, it's a phenomenal gaming experience. <laughs> it's it's this podcast is brought to you by Epic Games Fortnite. Available now for free on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Can I say that? Get this guy a job. Jesus. <laughs> Pay this man. Pay this man. No, now. seriously. We've been playing. We like my oh, buddies I and I've been playing. So yeah, much you're. Fortnite. Every time I hop on Xbox, I see you. Just it's been a great Fortnite. battle royale in a party with three other people. You know, part of me thought that like I'm an artist. I work at night. I work when I'm inspired and whatnot. Sure. But like now, like I'm pulling like you know 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. working on stuff on a good day, and then sure Fortnite's just been there for me to like kind of like let loose and talk like, about another safety blanket. Yeah. There it is. There it is. And then sometimes, you know, I haven't got any kills. I lost three of my squad members. The circle's up at Dusty, and I'm down at Fatal. And 
I just want to go home. But I don't. I find a launch pad. I build up the tower to heaven, and I launch over to Dusty. <laughs> and I drop in, and I die, maybe. Or maybe you dominate. But the thing is, do you, you never die. You digitally dissipate. dissipate. <laughs> so to that, be To be respawned again. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just jump into the game. Jeez, it's minute 55, and we just now got to Fortnite. God. Well, I, yeah, I was hesitant to bring it up because... Oh, man. When you get that bold action sniper, <laughs> and you line that up, and you recognize the bullet drop-off, and you nail it, hoo-wee! It's, uh, that's your billion views right there. Dude, I thought about streaming. You should. You but- are almost... More passionate about that than you are <laughs> filmmaking. It's because I compartmentalize, and right now I'm a Fortnite player. Yeah. Eventually. Sunday I'll be the director, but right now? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday we're making a music video. But right now? Oh, but that gets back to you. <laughs> you know, myself. <laughs> all filmmakers have offset releases and passions, you know? Which I Cole used to be surfing. scared about. Mark plays Fortnite. I used to be scared of that. Um, not working? N- not being 100% a filmmaker. No. You have to have the, the downtime. It's exciting to be excited about Fortnite on, your on air melts. because yeah. it proves to my younger self that you don't have to be some kind of like Pablo Picasso that gets held in his studio. No. That's un- unrealistic. you got to keep those years, man. can't cut them off. That was a different artist. <laughs> That was Van Gogh. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you went to art school. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't? Oh, yeah. You swam at UC or something. Uh, uh, Ohio University. Yep. Oh, yeah. You were, uh, was that a bobcat? It was bobcat. I was a, I was a babcat. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a swimmer drinking bourbon. <laughs> sure. Now I'm a runner. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting into running now. See, so my you're my, not trapped in your studio. You're no, running. Like, no, I don't. If when I'm not working, I I find another passion. Whether it's freaking Call of Duty or Fortnite or PUBG or don't you dare say that you play Fortnite. You never want to play Fortnite. I played before you did, and I got out so? before it was perfect. All right. Yeah. So it's like when you buy high and sell low. That's what I did. Screwed mm. up. <laughs> Let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's not. <laughs> I got some money in that market, and that's a roller coaster. I, I got I'm a buddy pre- of mine that has tens of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin. I'm pretending I don't even have the money that I have in there because I'm scary. I'm sorry if I uh, ruined the flow of this podcast. Oh, we're doing a podcast. I forgot we were doing a podcast. <laughs> there's no, I feel there's like, no flow here. I feel like this is going to be a terrible one to listen to. No, it's going to be good. Um <laughs> To bring it back, kind of to, to rein it in a little bit, do you have – so I know you get a lot of requests and you got people that want to come tour with you. Yeah, that, some people want us to drop into Dusty. Some people want to drop into – Sure. To, you know, call yeah. it, you know, Anarchy or Tilted Towers about, is a big one right now. <laughs> oh, you're talking – okay. On mind. the filmmaking side, <laughs> you jerk. Um, do you have – I know you have a lot of people hitting you up and stuff, but do you have any – Advice, any any words of wisdom, any motivational tidbits for anybody that might be in the position you were in 2010. There's young Mark, 2010. You know what you know now. You're talking to him and he's going, God, I just want to go home. Yeah. What do you tell him other than just don't go home? I mean, it's just, it, it's so simple in the fact that like, you got to show people your worth. You got to show people what you can do and you're going to suck at first. I sucked at first. We were just talking about it, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago where I was talking about, like, my I was cranking my shutter speeds yeah. and stuff like that to compensate for exposure. So, I don't know. It's just, like, look at other people's work as inspiration, not at what you should be doing. Don't compare. Yeah, don't compare. Learn, just, but don't compare. Yeah, yeah, just learn, but don't compare. Get influenced by. Find out what influences you. Find out what makes you tick. Um and those are the most cliche sayings, but they're cliche because they're true. Yeah. So. All right. And you never know. You may uh, just, you out there listening, you, you may just end up being a professional game streamer. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You know, Twitch is calling. Anyway. Yeah. 
Um, anything you're excited about other than the upcoming video? Anything you want to kind of do? Black pimp, Panther was pimp sweet. promote. Oh, there we go. Hmm. You huh. like it? I did you see it. it? I did not. Oh, okay. Okay, so I've got a a tease. Okay. For our listeners, I called him last night. A man you all know. Brandon. Starts with a B. Brandon. Uh-huh. We talked. We actually spoke in person. He's still alive. He's he's crushing the game. He saw Black Panther. I bet he would like it. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a revelatory discussion to be had with mm-hmm. Mr. Ferris. We're going to bring him back. Maybe, if you're lucky. Don't go home. <laughs> he might be back. One night only. HBO. Forty nine ninety nine. Um, I'm also excited about Ramstein. <laughs> what? Ramstein in Paris. I've been watching that over and over. Um, it's definitely an 18 plus viewing experience, but I'm just fired up about that. Ramstein. So they did like this em. Paris show. Cool. Um, it was two nights, I think, and they kind of pulled out all the stops that they were kind of known for. I never pegged and, you as a Ramstein fan. Well, it's just like this DVD is just unreal. Is um, it, it's recent? Ish. Last couple of years? I think they shot it in like 2012, 2013. Okay. I'm going to watch that tonight. I think that's right. Um, but there's a few of them like uh, Duhast is on YouTube. So I'm watching that because, you know, at any moment now I could potentially get the call. Not that I know for a fact, but by Tony will probably say, hey, we're ready to go. So I've been trying to like soak up a lot of that side of my job, which is what does the live show look like? Yeah. Uh, which is another big part of my involvement is kind of not necessarily directing the show as much as working with our content creators at Tantrum, which uh, Molly Gray, who runs that, is from Cincinnati. She and now lives south. She in Louisville. Did she move? I, thought, I think Tantrum is potentially further south. Well, yeah. I found I sound like a bad friend. No, no, no. But, no. I that, that's me. I may be wrong, but anyway. I hope so for my sake. <laughs> um, but. She Chris Schoenman, Chris Schoenman, yeah, who does all the animations for the band's live show. He lives in Columbus, and we we meet all the time and and whatnot. So we kind of work together on this live show. So as soon as we get the call, like I'm trying to get prepared. Not that I know if it's anytime soon, but just to reiterate, I don't want people to think that like we're working right now because I don't want people to get excited. But yeah, um, it's a. Uh, so even when you're not working, you're working to be ready. I'm for trying work. to chase the next inspiration. Yeah. Sure. Well, you're you're an artist. No, I'm a filmmaker. We talked about this. I thought you were a streamer. <laughs> no, what I are you? I, I said I Who wanted are to you? stream. Oh, got it. Let's start at the top. <laughs> I'm a Columbus streamer. <laughs> <laughs> Who happens to enjoy filmmaking. That doesn't stream at all. Yeah, um want to be. No, I just think it's really funny to stream. Got it. And be funny and Who knows? get paid. To... You may have a second career. Um, so, yeah, so right now I'm just okay. chasing that inspiration. I actually watched... Um, Whiplash for the first time like a month ago, a couple still, months ago. Still never seen it. It's incredible. It's uh, the shorter or the feature. Feature. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I loved La La Land, so I kind of wanted to go back and Damien. Yeah, catch up on some other stuff. And um, so I watched that. I, I I'm just trying to figure out like what's inspiring right now, which is the biggest fuel for me is just sure. being pumped and excited about people that are creating stuff that makes me want to create my own stuff well, i think that's the cycle there are plenty of inspirations out there you definitely inspire a lot of people which is crazy because i have a yeah. story about that that i was thinking about on the way down sure You've so last night two minutes what you guys yeah. only do an hour yeah we got another one starting at three. Oh no <laughs> go ahead okay. no, tell the story tell the story okay so and come back for another episode yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have him back for sure. <laughs> so, can I, I can go. I can yeah. go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tell the story. Sorry, I thought you guys did like an hour and a half. No, no. Um, so, back when I was in college and I was first starting the video, even like high school, I guess, when I first was like starting to transition to video, Yeah. there was this band that was releasing these videos on MySpace at the time. And it might have been YouTube, but I think it was MySpace. And they were shot on DSLRs, you know, really shallow depth of field, super artistic, you know, low saturation, darks were the darkest, all this. Like, 
and then like a lot of it was like ambient audios of the band performing like acoustically and like this really cool documentary of the of the band working their way through the east coast all the way u.s tour and i was blown away i was like i would love to find a band that i could do this for and like do it the same way where it's like not a lot of music in it from the actual albums because people are hearing the album but a lot of like new music, new sounds and stuff, which I've kind of like got from you know my friend Bradley Hale and now now also Sombear. He kind of creates some music that I use, and I was just blown away. And so fast forward to two thousand something, and the band Twenty One Pilots is playing with this band, the same band that I was like yeah. going crazy about their content. And I go up to the guitar player, which I don't really want to do this ever again i don't like talking to famous people <laughs> because i feel like i'm just bothering them but i went up and I bothered the guitar player i was like dude the series you know xyz whatever it's called uh that i'm disclosing yeah not disclosing sorry um they i was like that like blew my mind and that made me do what i want to do today like who did those like i never saw who directed it. He goes i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> like are you telling me this thing that i've like cried over you don't even remember who shot it and so like the fact that i can be this video guy for a band that's way bigger than i am yeah obviously with their art to have kids like recognize me and buy a t-shirt that i put on sale sure i want to always be blown away by that and i've and i still am and i always want to be and last night i was at the newport in columbus and some kid came up to me and said some kid it sounds so degrading but i don't mean that he was a high school kid yeah yeah but i don't mean to call him a kid in a degrading way but he came up and said dude you inspire me and i always think about that time i saw that band and and like they didn't even know who were doing it and i'm in a situation where kids know who i am so kids adults whatever i keep using kids that's just like an easy term but i get it yeah yeah People, um, people know who you are and they take inspiration from it that's gotta feel and i wanna great and yeah i wanna hold on to that and Deserve it. I always want to deserve that, in a sense. I don't want to. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I. You do, and you will. For people that don't fully know about you, where where can people go to find out more? Um. Uh. R e e l, bear b e a r media, real bear media is my company. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's just Google it, and you'll find website. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Mark, thank you uh, immensely for coming on the show. Sorry we went over. Dude, you're fine. It's cool. Yeah. Don't go home. <laughs> now you can go home. Hey, put it in park. <laughs> Listen to the speaker. Don't go home. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at GwynSound.com.